Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 12. We are going to begin there. I'm titling these series of messages, The Law of Confession. I know we've heard this before, but we need to hear it again. Amen? Jesus is speaking here, and He says in verses 33 through 37, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now he's going to explain how this works. Verse 35, a good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. Remember he just finished saying that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now he says, whatever treasure is in your heart, comes out. One way or another. Amen? In either what you say or do. It will come out. And he says, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. Now I want you to notice the word things there as well. It means that you are bringing to pass things. Did you hear what I said? You are bringing to pass things. This is a thing. My pulpit is a thing. My Bible is a thing. The mic I'm speaking into is a thing. The thing that's holding a mic is a thing. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Things are in this physical realm. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a thing. Like my daughter says, is that a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. No. <laughs> okay. Meant in a whole different way. Never mind. Okay. Now, he goes on to say, verse 36, But I say to you that every idle word men speak, they will give an account of in the day of judgment. Now, don't put that off all the way, you know, to the end. It does mean that, but I think there's a more current application to it. I believe that you are judged for what you say right now. Listen to me. We're going to see scripture to back that up. Verse 37. For by your words you will be justified... The word justified means made free or acquitted as in a court of law. So by your words, you will be made free and acquitted, justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. That means to be put in bondage or sentenced. Interesting, isn't it? The same court of law either acquits you, <laughs> all right, or sentences you. What you say determines what comes into your life. You know, one of the things just last year, now it's last year. <laughs> so last year. Anyway, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there was something that was virtually impossible that needed to be taken care of. It was impossible. And uh, how do I know? Because it didn't work in the past. And I tried, and it just didn't work. And, you know, we grow in faith. Amen? And, uh, you know, I had learned to shut up. 
There's a law of silence. There's a law of confession and there's a law of shut up. <laughs> okay? I think if we exercise the law of shut up, then the law of confession will work a little better. Because we're praying on one hand and then we're tearing down our prayers by what we say. Sometimes moments later. And we have to be careful. And I will give you some insights into that today. But you know one of the greatest temptations I had to come against was to say out of my mouth, I don't think this is going to work. You don't know the number of times that thought rose up. And all I did was shut up. Now, you might say, well, why don't you rebuke it? Because you know... Rebuke it if you need to. But sometimes the more you talk about something, the more ingrained it becomes. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So you need to decide whether it's a devil harassing you, or whether it's just your thought. It's just something in you, that because it's been with you for so long, you're having trouble believing the thing. You need to separate that out. If it's a demon, then you got to shut it up. You decide which it is. For me... I wasn't sure, and I didn't want to let the devil know he was getting through to me if it was him. So, I, <laughs> amen. So I wouldn't say anything. I just, mm, and gosh, I wanted to say something. I know what it is about us that we have to say something. You know, just I don't know whether we're covering our bases or what. It was so difficult, and I thought, no, just shut up. Just say nothing. Just shut up. Believe God. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Sometimes those two go together. Believe God and shut up. Because we only talk negative stuff when we don't believe God. And the impossible happened. Just this, as the year rolled around, I was just thanking God for all the things that happened last year. I told you, I always thank God. I'm one of them glasses half full all the time, guys. You know, Because then you keep doing that and the rest of the glass gets full. Too overflowing. My cup runneth over. Anyway, so <laughs> this is how it works, man. And so it, I was just thanking God, and I remembered that. And I thought, you know, the greatest thing I did was shut up. I spoke it out, I believed God, and then I shut up. And I, I kept away from the temptation of saying something contrary to what I would prayed. And what I was believing for. And I didn't care how it didn't work in the past. Did you get that? Matthew 13. I'm going to be reading verses 10 and 11. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? Matthew 13, 11. And he answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you, those are to us. Okay, this is to us. We're all his disciples. To know the mysteries. Do you know what mysteries are? They're hidden truths. They're also things that are not normally comprehended. What would that be? A spiritual truth. Remember the Apostle Paul said, You are carnally minded. You don't get spiritual things. You're still babies. Okay, We need to grow out of that into a place of maturity. So that we can understand spiritual truth. What are one of these spiritual truths? What we call the law of confession. That is a spiritual truth. And he says, it has been given to you 
to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. That's why they don't know what we're on about. And whenever somebody gets up and ridicules confession, immediately you can tell that person is a baby. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because they're running around and their nappy is down around their ankle somewhere and they're spitting their dummy. Because they don't understand it, they don't get it. And they think everybody that's doing that stuff is nuts. That's a carnally minded Christian. They haven't made the connection between what they say and what's going on in their life. They haven't made that connection. They think that they can say stuff separate to what happens. What if you were told, everything that you say from now on will start to come to pass. It will take some time for it to grow. It will take some time for it to develop. But just like you go to the gym and you lift weights and your muscles will grow. Some days you don't think they will, but okay. given time they will grow and you'll be able to pick up heavier and heavier things. In the same way, what you say will carry greater and greater weight as time goes on, if you watch what you say. If you're careless with it, it won't. In fact, God will try to keep it down because it will be killing you. But as you speak, and as you gain faith, see, one of the things that the enemy does, is he tries to take your faith away. The way he does that, is he says, oh, don't worry, you can say whatever you want, it's not going to come to pass. And then suddenly, when you have to pray over something, guess what? That's what's working. That's why we have problems then, believing and receiving. Because we don't believe anything we say. Why should suddenly, when we pray, it come to pass, when we've been shooting our mouth off and saying everything, uh, without thinking, all through the day, all through the week, all through the month, years and years and years of it. And then suddenly we're in trouble, and we need to pray, we need to believe, we need to receive, forget about it. That's when you go, uh, Pastor, you pray. <laughs> okay. Why? Because, you know, and I appreciate that you have faith in what I say. Thank God at least you have that. <laughs> I won't pray beyond my faith. Okay? You know what? It's a, it's, it's a built-in safety. God won't let me. I pray what comes out of my heart. Out of, the, out of the abundance of my heart, I pray for you. Amen? That's why I know that stuff works. Because it keeps coming to pass. Hallelujah. Amen? And you need to have the same confidence in what you say. And that's what I want to do for you over the next couple of weeks. I'm not going to do this in one lesson. You can't get it. We are going to have to talk about putting a guard over your mouth. We are going to have to talk about a whole lot of stuff. Alright? Let me share some things with you as I lead you into this. In the beginning, you and I were designed to never say anything we didn't want. Because it would be produced. We were designed never to say what we didn't want. If we didn't want something, we wouldn't say it. Now you might sit there and think, well duh. Hey, wait a second, before you do that, Think about some of the things that you say. I don't want to see that person. But I guarantee you, as soon as I step out the door, they'll be there. Why do you do that? You are prophesying your own doom. 
And then you go, see, I told you. Like you're proud of it. For some reason, it's fashionable (laughs) to prophesy doom over your life and see it come to pass. Now, we were made in the image and likeness of God. Genesis 1, 26 tells us that, and verse 27 as well. And God speaks what He wants. For example, if God turned up here today, if He came and He said, Today, listen now, if He said, Today is Tuesday, that would be the end of Sunday. Somehow we'd all be transported to Tuesday. I'd be going, oh, God, you could have waited till the service finished at least. You know? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> now everybody's late for work. Because <laughs> you get a whole bunch of phone calls from work saying, where are you? It's Tuesday. If God speaks it, it will happen. No matter how ridiculous it is, it will come to pass. Out of nothing, He created everything. Do you hear me? And we're going to see how that works. In Hebrews chapter 1, when we get to it. Alright. In the same way, we too were designed to speak by faith only those things that we wanted to come to pass. That was our original design. Do you hear me? It's been messed up since then. Time to take you back to it. I'm going to try anyway. But what the enemy has done in order to get us here, is he has separated what we say... And what happens? He separated those two things. So we don't see the connection between what we say and what we're living in. Did you catch that? He has separated them so much, people can't see it anymore. They think they can say whatever, and you know what? Whatever will be, will be. You all here? You know, it's destiny, baby. What's happening is going to happen. Doesn't matter if I say yay or nay, it'll happen anyway. (laughs) <laughs> okay? That, that is the distance. That's the separation. That's the spiritual truth we lost. That has become a mystery. Do you hear me? This is about the law of confession. Now let me define something. From a natural standpoint, listen carefully. A law is defined as a principle based on predictable circumstances of an act. In other words, okay, it means that a law is something that works the same way every time. It works the same way every time. Predictable outcome. If I took you know, a rock, went up a certain height and dropped it, I know what the, the, the acceleration due to gravity is. If I have the mass of the weight of the rock, I can work out how long the thing is going to take before it hits the ground, how fast it will hit the ground right when it hits the ground, what, what speed it will be traveling. I can work everything out. Do you know why? Because gravity won't change. It is a law. If I push you off a building, the same thing. You'll land next to the rock. Except you won't be doing as good as a rock. <laughs> okay? You know, we, we all, it all follows the same principle. Now, if I was to take another law and apply it against the law of gravity, and Pilate writes my here, will know what I'm talking about. Okay? If I was to. 
Don't shake your head. <laughs> if I was to operate the law of lift, alright? If I began to, if somebody took me and said, okay, you know, if you jumped off a cliff, you die. If you flew off a cliff, you wouldn't. Idea is to fly, don't jump. Okay? <laughs> you might say, what does that have to do with anything? I'm teaching you something. A lot of times with our mouth, we're jumping off cliffs. Instead of flying off. Listen now. To a pilot who understands the law of lift, who understands the, the, the relationship between thrust and lift, if you get enough speed and you have wings, whatever, the, you know, whatever is attached to those wings will start to get off the ground. What will surprise a pilot is if the thing didn't get off the ground. If they applied the amount of thrust that was required, that they know that thing needs to get off the ground. Okay, they know. Now, if it was less than that, it won't get off the ground. They know that too. Hence the runway. <laughs> okay, alright. They need a certain distance. That's the reason why, man. If it ain't long enough, we're not getting off the ground. But, if it is... And all the winds and all that stuff, let's not get too complicated with the thing. If we have enough air flowing over those wings, the thing will get off the ground. And it will shock the pilot if it didn't. It shocks us when it does. <laughs> okay. We look, look at this huge aircraft and we just think, what is that thing? How can that thing weighing so many tons get off the ground? My gosh. They don't think that way. They'd be throwing up every time they took off otherwise. <laughs> Do you understand? Okay. They know they operate with knowledge. They know exactly how fast the thing needs to go. They know exactly. And that's the reason why they don't crash the plane every time they land it. They know how to bring it down as well. They know how everything operates. Now if you got in the, the cockpit, we're all dead. Because you have no idea what you're doing. What is that button? No, don't push that. That ejects the wings. No. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what am I trying to say here? It is a mystery to us, but not to him. It is not hidden from us. It is hidden for us. To you, it is given to know. Now, if we can apply this to the law of lift, if we understand that there is a law that will counteract another law, and we begin to apply that law the way it says to apply it. Okay? It, it, you need some elements there that need to work together for the thing to work. For example, if you, no matter how much speed you got, you don't have any wings. <laughs> You're just going very fast. It's called a car. <laughs> okay? <laughs> You're going very fast on the ground. You know, you'll stay there. You need to have all the bits and pieces that make it an aircraft. You need to have everything that you need in order to make it a confession. If you don't have it, it ain't a confession. It's just idle words or it's just a lot of chatter. Amen. Sometimes people just think if you say it long enough, loud enough, hard enough, it'll come to pass. No. Jesus said, believe. Do you hear me? 
If you ain't believing it, there's no wings. And when you get to the cliff, you'll go off of the thing. Do you hear what I'm saying? Okay? You need to believe. When you believe, there are the wings. Now what you say will take flight. And will begin to do what it was designed to do. It will start to change things around you. I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway. Let's look at some scriptures. Go to Mark chapter 11. Look with me please at verse 12. I'll be reading through to verse 14. It says, Now the next day when he had come from, out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. Sounds like a lot of people's lives. A whole lot of leaves and no fruit. Never mind. Moving on. Verse 14. In response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. What's very interesting, let me share this with you. Remember when Jesus turned the water into wine? He said nothing. Why did he say something here? There are two reasons. I know you know the first one, but I'll tell you another reason. The first is, that's how we release faith. Okay? What we say releases the faith that is in us. It begins to do work. But something else is going on. He's trying to teach his disciples how this thing works. So he had to say it loud enough that they could hear it. Because he knows people. He knows Peter is going to go check it out. He knows Peter is going to be disappointed on the way home when he checks it out and nothing happens. So there's no record of that. And he's going to know that the next day, when Peter checks somewhere, and Peter's checking, he's going to find the thing is starting to die. Okay? He knows that. And you know Peter doesn't keep things quiet. He will tell everybody, Hey, it's dying! Thank God! Otherwise we're following a nutball! I mean, truly, I mean, let's say you were, we were going walking in the plaza or in, a, you know, West Point, and I got up to a tree and I started talking to it. Would you say, that's my pastor? No, you'd back off, you know. Find the shop, duck into it. Well, who's that? I don't know. He was just behind me, man. We were just walking next to each other. I don't know who that is. Can, can we be honest here, you know? Who talks to trees? They don't talk back. In the natural way of thinking, it seems ridiculous to talk to a tree and expect it to die. Just like before we learned about the law of lift, it was ridiculous to think a man could fly. You know, we weren't designed to be stupid. Remember in Genesis it said, whatever they can imagine, they can do. They want to fly, they'll fly. And it won't be just in the air. They'll go to planets. They'll do whatever they want. I created them in my image after my likeness. You know, one of the greatest powers that we have is our ability to talk ourselves through something. I don't know why we don't do it. There have been times when, you know, <laughs> I've been struggling with something. And then I'll, I'll suddenly go, oh, duh, why am I not praying? Why am I not speaking? Because some days you look at something and think, this is too much for me, this is too big. 
That's not the time to say, this is too much. That is the time to say, greater is he that is in me. I have the mind of Christ. I am made in the image and the likeness of God. I will figure this out. Well, what's that going to do? Among other things, it's going to access the part of your brain that is not conscious, but is working 24 hours a day. While your, your conscious mind works at about 20,000 actions per second, your unconscious or non-conscious mind works at 400 billion actions per second. Think you could figure it out? You're here. That's what you access. That's what God has given you. Besides His Spirit, besides wisdom, besides everything that we can access spiritually, we have so much that we can access right now. That's the reason why some of these you know, self-help gurus and stuff, they can get so far. Do you understand now why? Because we were made in the image and the likeness of God. Because we have those potentials inside of us. And when you put God on top of that, wow! Let's finish this in Mark today and we'll come back. No, I need to give you more scriptures. Just keep going, alright? Just tell me when the thing runs out. Right. I cannot stop here. This is, this is not a good place to stop. Alright, anyway, let's keep going. He says, now in the morning, Mark eleven twenty, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And that's very significant and I, I believe you know the significance of something dying at its core. Amen. Its life source has been just destroyed. All right. And it says here, And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered. See, Jesus didn't go, Really? Let me have a look. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, well, you know, that's what, okay. You know how we are. First we're shocked, then we go, yeah, of course that was meant to happen. And go, and you go, what the heck just happened? No, all right? No. Do you know what? With Jesus, it's like the law of lift. If the thing didn't take off, if the thing didn't die, he would be surprised. While they're surprised it died, he would have been surprised if it didn't die. While everybody else is surprised that something actually came to pass in your life that you were confessing over, you should be surprised if it didn't come to pass. Do you all hear what I'm saying? We need to switch tracks. It is given to you to know the mysteries. Amen. We need to be knowing these things and doing these things. And revealing it to the, to the world through what we do. Amen? That's why we are epistles read by everyone. If we, what kind of epistle are we? Doubt and unbelief epistle? <laughs> or a faith, power, and full of life epistle? we get a hurry up. Alright. And so Jesus answered and said to them, He said, Have faith in God. For surely, I say to you, I'm in verse 23, Whoever says to this mountain, Whoever says to this mountain, Alright? Be removed. Be cast into the sea. Does not doubt in his heart. Hear the wings. Not just about what you say. Okay? It's not just about the thrust. It's about the wings as well. Okay? He says, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. There it is. Those are all the components. Now, how we get to that, that's a different thing. If you're having trouble believing, well then you need to spend time with God 
in his word, meditating, mumbling, muttering, whatever it takes. Amen? Until it becomes a part of your heart. Until it becomes a part of what you believe. Not what you're trying to believe, but what you believe. I think that is one of the things that we have missed. We have not taken time to meditate and think about something first. We're too busy trying to say it. Oh, this is a key. Yeah, you know, don't lose me here, please. Stop just trying to say something because you think just saying it will get it done. It won't get it done. You have to believe. Out of the abundance of the heart, then your mouth should speak. Not hope that it's going to come to pass. Out of the abundance of the heart, faith. Amen? You have to get it in there. No, it's going to work. And then feel sorry for the devil because as soon as you open the mouth, down it comes. And squash him like a bug. And destroy whatever circumstance you are struggling with. It is about to go down. But you build and build and build it on the inside of you. You see it and you see it and you meditate on it and you see it. And you allow that part of you inside to just grow and grow until you can't help but say it. Now we're going to get off the ground. Do you hear me? Praise God. Okay. And he says, verse 24, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, see, the same thing happens. If you don't have faith in your words, when you're saying them out, then you're not going to have faith in your words when you're praying them out. We have to learn that our prayer life is dependent on what we're saying through the day. I'm not saying that you become just staunch and not funny and don't joke around and stuff. It's okay. Joke is one thing. I'm talking about those things that you really do expect to happen. We can tell the difference. When you're joking, we know. But we also know sometimes when you're covering up a fear in your life with a joke as well. Won't go there today. Proverbs 18.21, quickly. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. It didn't say it was in the power of the devil. It said it's in the power of... Now, isn't that interesting? We'd say, well, death and life, brother, are in God's hands. Go talk to any denominational Christian. Oh, brother, those things are in God's hands. Yeah. But God, the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away, unless Jesus is around, then He gives it back. <laughs> well, isn't that what happened when somebody died? And, and you know, if that all worked, I could just hear the preacher. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Jesus stops the funeral, says, what, what's going on here? We don't lost His only son, only means of provision. Okay? <laughs> and He goes, put the coffin down. Get up. And the preacher says, and sometimes the Lord just give it back. <laughs> you know, let me tell you this. If it was God's will to kill that kid, Jesus should have never raised him from the dead. We are talking from both sides of our mouth and we just don't even know it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Jesus spoke and brought the kid back to life. Jesus could have looked at the coffin and said, Ooh, that is dead. 
Dead, dead. Oh, that stinks. It's dead. Wow, that's dead. Oh, thank you very much for stating the obvious. You know, all you need is the IQ of a flower pot to do that. We need people of faith. We need people that are not moved by what they see. I'm preaching better than you, amening. Anyway, it says here, <laughs> death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You can speak life to your life or death to it. It is in your power to do so. And that power is in your tongue. Remember that. It's in your mouth. Okay? The power in your life can be described as, listen to me, the word of your power. Where am I getting this from? Hebrews chapter 1. I have to race through this. How much time do I have left? Yeah, we're on fumes. Okay. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It says, God, who at various times and in various ways, spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds. Verse 3, Who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person, and, here it comes, upholding all things by the word of His power. The word of His power. All His power is in His word. Whatever He says, that's where the power is. In order for power to come, He needs to say something. In order for you to have power, you need to say something. But you only say those things that you believe. If you don't believe the thing, it's hot air. And annoying. <laughs> okay, alright. Because we all know you don't believe it. Now, listen. Last scripture, we'll have to stop. John 6 and verse 63. We'll come back to this next week. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Listen, listen to this now. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. The words that I speak to you are not noise. It is spirit. The reason things change is because the words that you speak are spirit. They are not just a natural thing. There is a spiritual component to the thing. That's the reason why when you say something, a tree will die, a boy will be raised from the dead, a storm will cease. As you speak, you're releasing something, it is spiritual, and it is powerful. And he says here, the words I speak to you are spirit, and when Jesus speaks, it's life. It doesn't bring death, it doesn't bring despair, it doesn't bring doubt. If you hear Jesus speaking, all you're going to do is just receive faith. Waves upon waves of faith. And you'll learn how to keep your mouth. We're going to learn about that next week. Because this is so powerful that the Old Testament writer says, Keep a watch over the door of my lips. It's a doorway. Some days you need to shut that door. Amen? And other days you need to slam just wide open and let your faith fly. And let it go attack everything that is coming against you. And as soon as it turns into anything else but faith, shut the door. Let's have every head bowed. Every eye closed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you today for your word. Father, we thank you that you are revealing mysteries to us. It is for us to know. It is for us to grow. 
And Father, I thank you that as we learn these things, we will not be just hearers of the word, but doers. We will take time to think about things deeply, meditate upon them, revolve them in our heart and our mind, allow them to grow on the inside of us, so that when we speak, Lord, we're not trying to believe something, we are speaking because we can't keep it in. It is so strong, it is so powerful, that it's launched like a missile out of our mouth, and it finds its target every single time. And whatever the enemy is up to, it continually lays waste to everything that he tries to do against us. We thank you, Lord, that it is also the thing that reaches, just like the woman with the issue of blood, it reaches and receives blessing and whatever it is that we need into our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.